Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. You're listening to the Bob Siegel Show, our theme, Christianity and its relationship to politics and pop culture. Today will be a pop culture edition with a special guest, an artist whom I recently collaborated with. I'll introduce him in just a few minutes. As you know, several years ago, I published a novel called The Dangerous Christmas Ornament. You've heard about it in our commercials. We are actually going to discuss my novel in greater detail today. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a shameless plug. Well, I can certainly understand where you're coming from, so let me explain. It is a shameless plug. Who are we kidding? But the book has its fair share of objective plugs. For several years now, The Dangerous Christmas Ornament has received wonderful comments from children and adults of all ages. I wrote it primarily as an entertaining fantasy adventure. I did not want to limit the audience to Christians. The story was written in such a way that unreligious people would enjoy it too. Yes, the book emphasizes values and life choices from the point of view of a 12-year-old. And yes, God is woven in and out of the story in a subtle way, but there is nothing overtly evangelistic. However, since then, some Christian teachers and youth pastors have found ways to incorporate this book into lessons that can be drawn from the Bible in that vein. In order to assist in that process, I teamed up with a very talented artist to provide a fun companion coloring book. Each page reflects a different scene from the story, a key scene, along with a relevant scripture verse. These verses are in the coloring book alone. You will not find them in the novel. The brilliant illustrator who collaborated with me is here in the studio. But I'm also joined today by my occasional co-host and everyday wife, the beautiful (laughs) Dana Siegel. Well, I'm glad I'm the everyday wife and not the occasional. That's good. I'm yeah, happy you could to be, be here. everyday host. Yes, yes, it could be life. the other that way. Have yes. quite as good. No, I'm really happy to be here, especially for this topic because uh, "Dangerous Christmas Ornament" is one of my favorite books of yours for sure. And you're not just saying I'm that. I'm not as my just wife or saying my that. No, I'm saying that as an educator, knowing what kids love, what intrigues people about stories. And what I've seen in children and teens responding to it, and adults for that matter, I loved it, and I'm a grown up. But just the fact that we're here now with Ray is just so exciting because this came out of one of those situations where teaching in the church, there was just the children's pastor had a brilliant idea to include a coloring page, and that was the beginning so of this. So we had some experimental so, coloring book pages a few years ago, and I just loved them. They were Fabulous. I they we really did captured yes. exactly just the looks on the faces of the characters captured exactly what I was. Yes, about. and we didn't know who the author was at the time, but since uh, we um, have met Ray, and then the idea came about to expand on that and make a coloring book companion for the entire book, and I'm just. I am thrilled to be able to offer this to people because I know how much the book has been loved. This will be a great addition and kids I know will love it. And teens for that matter, um, when you see Ray's art, it's it definitely covers multiple ages. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited to talk to Ray and introduce him well, to our audience. Well, let me introduce Ray right now. Ray Christensen has been a graphic artist for over 30 years. 
His artwork ranges from technical drawings and advertising to caricatures and cartooning. His unique comic style brings humor and fun to challenging truths that children and young adults face. Ray is a lifelong San Diegan and has two children. Ray Christensen, welcome to our program. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, uh, let's just start off. Do you draw for a living or for a hobby? Uh, I do my artwork, actually, as a hobby. And and Dana mentioned that uh, I was doing these coloring pages through church. And uh, it is the ministry that I kind of uh, was able to develop there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it is something on the side, but I do... I still have my, my hands in doing artwork uh, in my real job. And your real job is? My real job is I am known as an IT specialist, actually, for the Southern District of California. I help federal prosecutors with their trial exhibits, and sometimes that in, entails making demonstrative exhibits, charts, and things like that that are presented to a jury. Does that include drawings also? Or? Sometimes it does. Actually, uh, in... In a civil case that we had, I did actually do some artwork, some cartooning that was used no in a kidding. case. No yeah. kidding. Wow. How yeah. it, was, it was the only time because uh, civil cases usually don't lend themselves to humor or yes, those I kind of not. cartoons. So we, I did it once. <laughs> okay. now, sometimes on TV when they talk about a trial, it's customary in the news to show some kind of drawing. Have you ever done one of those the, things? The courtroom sketches? Yeah. Have I, have, done I haven't done that. I've, I've thought about that, you know, maybe when I well, get you done. You would be good at that. It would, that, that might be fun. Now, uh, how long ago did you develop a desire to be an artist? Was this as far back as being a kid or the, recent? Yeah, the, the inspiration really for being an artist comes from, believe it or not, my dad's nose. Really? <laughs> That's right. Is your dad still alive? Is he he, he's not. Right now? Okay. He's not. But you will need to explain that comment. <laughs> well, so uh, as a uh, as a young man, look, my my dad got into some kind of trouble at some point and broke his nose, uh, and uh, so it it didn't really probably get the kind of medical attention that it needed, and it grew into this big. If you can think of a, a big Indian chief with that big protruding angular kind of nose, Cyrano de Bergerac, oh not yeah. not quite the pointy at the end, but more you know burgeoning at the bridge, right? right? right. Okay, big hook nose like that, and that was like the most interesting thing in my in my life is to look at that, <laughs> and so I. So really you didn't practiced. see it as a negative. You just found it interesting. Yeah, no, no. It was like, you know, because nobody had my dad's nose I, like that. Yeah. You know? And so I would practice with that. And that's kind of how I got really into doing things. And how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, probably seven, eight years old. See, I I'll have to go it. back now and look at some of the noses <clears throat> in this coloring book. <laughs> I'll be looking at them from a whole different point of view. Well, right? And that doesn't surprise me. Having been an educator for 36 years, I could often see in kids special gifts and passions and talents that they had, art sometimes being one of them. So it doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, we often hear that, that a very young age student's kind of take on something like that, as Bob did with writing and creating. He was doing this in elementary school. He'd walk around the playground and recite scripts and plays and make uh, up to things myself, in his out mind. in the yeah. yard All instead of playing himself. baseball and looking like the class weirdo, I and should say. No, and now here he is, a published author with 14 long, full-length plays to his credit and all kinds. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. That's awesome to hear. What attracted you to the cartoon style? I really love that. I've always loved comic strips. And being a writer, I always wished I could draw my own comic strip, but I couldn't draw my way out of a wet bag. So 
It's exciting to see my characters in a cartoon style. I know it's not exactly a comic strip, but it looks like that in a lot of ways. What, what attracted you to that style? Well, one of the things about the style that I have was that I, I looked at coloring pages and coloring books that most kids or, or Sunday schools provide, and they were very simplistic. Now I understand. Yeah, they are. Yours are far more creative. Mine, mine are a little bit more than that, a little more depth perception and, and well, that and the sort of expressions thing. expressions mm-hmm. capture everything. The expressions on the faces, even of the cat, they just capture and everything. That's, and that's part of the thing is that when I do a drawing, I like to convey what the thoughts of several people might be at one time. So I might have a scene. And in your book, I followed your examples of what you wrote about what they should be thinking or looking like. Some of the other cartoons that I've done, they have reactions of what a particular group of people might think they might agree or they might be angry or they might disagree with what somebody is saying as some of the cartoons that I've done with confrontations with Jesus, you know, what, what sort of reaction would different groups of people have? And I incorporate that in so that people can identify, yeah, I would be in that group. I I don't believe that at all. Those sorts of things. And I think that's an incredible gift to be able to, because I, you know, I appreciate art and I can do basic things, but to look at something where I know what was in Bob's mind and what he was doing, because I'm so familiar with the book, so I know where he is. I still don't have the the picture necessarily that he had, but then when I would read what he gave you and thought, you know, kind of this is what I think would work here, and then I would see what you'd come up with. I could not believe how you captured everything, even the nuances of what Bob was thinking. And then when we'd look at them, he would notice things that you had captured that he didn't even realize would be such a powerful piece in it. And I think that's just such an incredible thing to be able to capture on their faces or their expressions or in their body. What is going on? And, and I, I don't even know how you do in, it. In the novel itself, we had, we used a completely different artist. Yes. And I like that too because we it, hadn't lo- met Ray yet. it looks like, well, <laughs> no, but I like that artist too because it looks like classic children's yes, literature illustration. Mm-hmm. But I gave instructions to that artist to not do a lot of drawings of the people, more of the places, because mm-hmm. I wanted the reader to imagine what they looked like. So some exactly. of the characters you see from the back of the head alone. And I like that. And that's what you'll see if you read the book. But boy, Ray just captured the characters perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to have both versions yeah. of illustrations for this book. And and like anything, you know, a lot of these characters, you know, that you describe are people that I've had in my past, you know, when I was young and uh, and I think yeah. of I think of the the guys who were bullies in school, they had a certain look about them, the upturned nose, the the crew cut, the mm-hmm. freckles and yeah, the, you all that it 100% yeah, it was it was really great to see. And each one I would I was just I was getting more and more impressed as we were getting your work. I just thought that is incredible to go from something written and an idea in your mind. Did you go to an art school or is this just an innate talent that God's gifted you with? I did not go to art school. Oh, I, my I had some art classes in high school. Wow. And, and I learned uh, some other techniques. I, I have other types of drawings that I do uh, that are not comical, not cartoon, which I've done in the past. And there were some guys in high school that I really admired the sort of thing that they could do with just pencil. I tend towards black and white stuff because believe it or not, I'm actually 
suffer from a little bit of colorblindness. This is sort of. I found that very interesting. We were talking (laughs) about doing the cover, which was going to be the only thing he was going to do in color. And then he told me he was not completely colorblind. No, I mean, it's not that I see everything in shades of gray, but sometimes skin tones are difficult for me uh, because, uh, you know, my eyes can't see properly. So I could never retouch photos with Photoshop or anything Ah, like that. Right. Okay. But I can do comics because I can get relatively close. The computer will tell me when I'm in the range of certain skin tones and so forth. Okay. But that's kind of the idea that I, the, the reason why I came up with the idea of doing coloring books is I can't do the color. Let the kids Let do the, the kids color. Do it. Exactly. I, I think that's perfect. Exactly. That perfect. So self-taught and incredibly gifted by God would be where. He, so explain that process. I would assume that these were hand drawn originally, but you say they're on the computer. They, they How does are. That work? They are. What I do is I, I have a sketchbook, and when I start doing a, a, a picture, what I'll do is I'll sketch it out with pencil in my sketchbook, and then I'll take a picture of it with my phone. Ah, oh, okay. And then I can send that uh, through email or some other form, and I can, I can pick it up in the computer, and then I put it in as a layer, and then I have a laptop that's actually, a, the screen is touch-sensitive, and I use a stylus, and using oh my. a computer program, I can draw the lines over my sketch. And, and it gives me a chance to kind of not do it twice, but keep kind of creating as I go along. Mm-hmm. So maybe my sketch is sort of rough, but then when I get it in the computer, I can firm it up as I go along. I can add more. I can reposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not good enough to be like those guys at Disneyland that can yeah, do it. Uh, yeah. But the computer helps me to resize reposition and and that sort of thing but that's my my process well and work efficiently i would think because if you're always having to redraw but if right you know that would that would be really time consuming yeah sometimes i can pick up from one drawing and what i call borrow borrow from one drawing to another right right so that i don't have to always always redraw everything that's incredible i did not realize that i was I wasn't thinking that way. And they're so tight. And I, I know the audience hasn't seen these. They've just come out very recently on Amazon.com. They've uh, only been available for a couple of weeks now. But when our listeners see them, I think they're going to be very impressed at, um, like you were saying, they're very sophisticated and complex compared well, I, to mo- usual coloring I, books. I, I know that children only see things a certain way, but I just felt like the the little single line and, and Many coloring books are still this way. Some have the depth and the shadows to them, but I just wanted something a little more interesting. And I guess my artwork ranges more in the in the preteens and teens. Yes, yes. Area. Teens would definitely love them for because sure. they can see themselves yeah. in there. You know, it's it's not just a, a little baby coloring mm-hmm. book. It gives them a little more interest. You know, and when they're done, they don't, they may have their own piece of colored artwork. You know, yeah, definitely, and I, but I can still see elementary age kids loving this too. Absolutely, they they love um, they love more grown up things too, and they think they're real spiffy when they can do something right. uh, that is more sophisticated, like and, your drawings. And when I can draw children, I make sure that the the children look a certain way that that young kids would would think of. Boy, I wear clothes like that. I look like that. Exactly. You definitely captured so. that for sure. Well, Talk last year we did, I did a book signing at the Skyline Cafe and, and uh, bookstore, 
And you brought the three coloring book pages that Ray had already made several years ago. Oh, right. And I yes. remember the. And I remember thinking, you know, I love these coloring books, honey, but these are adult yeah, women. You didn't think I was. They <laughs> ate them up with a spoon. Yeah. Dana had been. This. This is all. All the credit goes to Dana. She's been trying to get me to do a full coloring book with Ray for years now. And I think the light bulb went on in my head last year when I saw the women just grab no, herself. No, no, Honey, no, no, you no. were right. I was wrong. And I said that on the air. Not just <laughs> women. There were men there. All of the oh, there men, were men were co- color- there were men coloring some of your good friends from class. So there were men there. Um, there were older teenage kids men there. Men coloring. I don't know women, if I can speak to them anymore. And <laughs> many of them were coloring. And uh, there, there were a lot of them done. And so we just used the three that Ray had originally done for the children's program that Bob and did a few years ago. those three are incorporated into this Those book, three are others. included in the book. They were the inspiration for this. And the first one you did was the Caligula, the cat. Oh, my gosh. When Bob saw it, he was just like, that's Caligula. There's a talking cat in the book. <laughs> if you've ever wondered what your cat would say if he could talk. Or more correctly, there's an ornament that's like a wishing ornament. And this kid wishes that his cat could talk. And I based this off a real pet cat that we had that had a million expressions. I always wondered what he would say if he could talk. So if you're a cat lover, you will love this book. And let's do a synopsis on the Dangerous Christmas Ornament, just so that people know what it's about. We thought it would be a good time right now to just give you a little bit more about the book itself, because we've talked a lot about the coloring book. This book, and I know Bob is very modest about his writing, he's written many, many books, but this book has won awards. And when it was first published, it won these awards, the Independent Press Award 2017 as a distinguished favorite and the New York City Big Book Award 2017 as well, distinguished favorite. Those are both huge awards to read. It's also been named um, and highlighted in other places uh, top 30 action adventure book for 11-year-olds. I don't know why they just said 11-year-olds. They did on both of these. This book goes from, we know, second graders that have been reading it to themselves well, you know, all I, the way I, up I was to at adults. A, I was at a writer's conference and I had already written the book, but I read him. I wrote the character as an 11-year-old and one of the people there said, make him 12. That way 11-year-olds will want to read it. Because they'll want to read about somebody older. Than older. So that might be why they did it on that list. I, don't know. I am not sure, but it also won an award for The Talking Cat, a favorite animal book in the top 30 for The Talking Cat. And we've already talked about Caligula for a bit. I do know that this book um, has been loved by many, many uh, people, all different ages. Bob has um, shared this as we were saying at our church, which is how we got connected with Ray to even get to this coloring book idea. Uh, we watched those children read. There was the most precious second grader the year Bob did a three week series that year on this book, sharing chapters and and lessons that are important for us to learn in life. And this second grader would come up each week and tell Bob what she was reading and what she knew. And she was reading it to herself. Obviously, a very gifted little girl because it's written. Teenagers love it. Adults love it. It has uh, been performed on campuses. It's it's amazing. So it isn't just any certain age group. So Bob, can you give us a quick tell us in your author's? Yeah, I, I what, do want to mention about? that I spoke on a college retreat one time and read the entire. book. Oh yes, tell them that one. And I was going to stop on Saturday night and read the second half Sunday morning. They had already been listening for an hour and a half. They insisted on finishing that night. 
And these were college students. So, so there you go. When we say, I know everybody says, love by kids and adults alike. I mean, but this, that is true. Really the, this is about a 12-year-old named Mike Owen. It's told in the first person as if he's telling the story, and it's written as if a kid actually wrote it. And he has kind of an eccentric aunt named Aunt Loreen, and she shows up one Christmas with a magic Christmas ornament, so she says. And the ornament functions as a kind of Aladdin's lamp, but it has a unique twist. Each time a wish is granted, something bad will happen to another person who was with the person who made the wish if they happen to be in the same room or the same general area when the wish was spoken. So, of course, that sets up this whole chain reaction of trouble and adventure. And Mike, the main character, weighs his desires against the consequences to those around him. So he's learning a valuable lesson about choices and personal responsibility, but he's also experiencing nonstop adventure with extremely unusual twists. And nobody will guess the ending to this story like you would yeah. in a Hallmark movie. Just want to be no, very clear No, we're not on that. at the Hallmark part yet. We're not there yet. yet. We're I'm, not just, there I'm just yet. giving them a preview. I'm just giving them yes, a preview. Yes, that is true. Well, here are some of the comments. Uh, these are newer comments that have not been shared over the air, um, and they're uh, not on Bob's website. But we have... Uh, Our family loves this book. Last Christmas, our kids would get so excited after dinner when we would read another chapter and would beg us to read even more each time. What a great story. Thanks for taking the time to sign our copy. God bless, Brian. This one says, my Evie loves this book. That's from Valerie. Christy says, has the makings of a classic. That is not the first time we have heard that. We have heard that from several people, and I would agree. From Rachel, Bob Siegel. Thank you for writing an amazing book from Steve. Fantastic book. Loved it. Great for kids and adults, too. There you go. Steve agrees with us on that. Second one, Inside the Castle in the Glass, is just as good and a great bedtime story. And then Teddy says, great book for everyone in the family. Kids love it, and it makes a great stocking stuffer. And uh, we totally agree with you on that, Teddy. And now, not only do you have the book, but you have a coloring book that you can stuff those socks with as well this year. And I, since Steve mentioned Inside Castle in the Glass, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I do want to mention to our listeners that Dangerous Christmas Ornament is only the beginning of the adventure. Bob has gone on to write two more full And the kids are older. Full length. Yes, the kids. They're, they're in high school and the next, it's a little deeper, a little darker. So I wouldn't say that all of them are for kids. Certainly the Dangerous Christmas Ornament. You're, you you would be happy. And with then the, the sequels it. definitely would be for early, I mean, like 12, 13 uh, on. Definitely easy. middle school, yes. high school, definitely. Yes. And those kids with the dangerous Christmas ornament go into all kinds of adventures that include time travel and uh, just all kinds of just amazing things. Bob is so gifted in this. And again, I'm not saying that just because I'm married Thank to him. Thank you, he sweetie. Truly is Thank you, love, love. As a Thank writer. you, Lammy Pie. <laughs> no, not those names. I read your books for the story and the intrigue and the creativity. And I'm always amazed at at the creativity. I keep thinking nobody can think of a newer thing to write in a book after all these years of writing. And yet you do it over and over and over. All right. So before we close, because I know our show is coming to an end, I am so grateful that Ray was able to come in. And this was a first published coloring book for you. Yes. This is the first one that actually got some real publication. Okay. And uh, so, uh, and Ray's been doing this for a while 
Uh, it wasn't an accident that our children's pastor asked him to do this because they had already had a relationship. And Ray's work is just incredible. And, and you have plans to have more coloring books come out in the future. Right, because uh, the beginning of this was doing the Bible stories coloring pages mm-hmm. for the children's pastor. I gave her a collection of what I had. And then she said, hey, you know, Bob is going to be there. Can you do some illustrations from his book? So I have a compilation of several Bible stories, coloring pages that I'm trying to put together into a book and hopefully release in the coming year. That would be awesome. And I know as... I hope you do a lot of these because you're extremely talented. I, I really think this guy is absolutely brilliant. I I, really I completely agree. It's, it is. It's the most fun thing that I have ever done is to, you know, put expressions onto people and have people see themselves, you know. And, and I think, and that's what you captured. I know one page, I love all of them, but one in particular that just astounded me was when you did the angels and you have them in there and you're, I, I mean, I just, I was so. They're am- sort of invisible. Yes, visible. and I thought, oh my gosh, that's such a perfect way to do that because, you know, my non-artistic brain couldn't even start to figure out how could you represent what was going on there, and you just did it beautifully. So parents, you definitely want to get this for your kids. If they have a copy of The Dangerous Christmas Ornament, this book would be wonderful. It's on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. You can find it uh, just anywhere. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob. 